to kind of tell you what we've been doing for the last several Sundays, trying to get things wrapped up before my move here in, in just a couple of weeks. And I had several asked me this morning how it's going, and I, I packed my brain this week, and I forget, I don't remember which box I packed it in. And uh, so I'm brainless, I tell you, I just, whew, really, really rough. But we are wrapping up today the characteristics or the traits of an elder. Now, you heard John talk about the uh, congregational meeting that's going to happen here in, in uh, about 10 days or so. And um, at that meeting, there will be some men that will be approved or not approved to be elders of, of the church, more adding to our, our elders that, that are presently in place. And so I, several, several weeks ago, uh, started looking at the characteristics, the traits of an elder, and and um, so we're wrapping it up. But I want to remind you all that, as I said this every single Sunday, whether you are uh, an elder or not, just think, if all of us were to take these traits, these characteristics found in Timothy and Titus, and of course I've been focusing on Titus, the first chapter of Titus, if all of us would take verses 6 through 9, not a very lengthy passage, but individually write out each one of those characteristics on paper. And then go back and, and, and write 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And then study that characteristic, that trait, and evaluate yourself. Where am I on this particular trait? Am I a one? Am I a five? Am I somewhere in between? And then in those areas in which you are weak, then, then you would, would simply um, pray about it. And I mean pray about it. And ask God to show you in his word. And, and I would encourage you to take that word, that particular trait, and to find it other places in scripture and to study it and to find out exactly how you need to, to uh, make that a part of your life so that you can be stronger individually. Now here's what's going to happen, church. <coughs> Every one of us doing this is going to strengthen all of us spiritually, individually, spiritually, and then as a body, we're going to be strengthened all the more, and then we're going to have men that are doing the same thing, that are our, our elders, that we will work with, that we will be under their leadership, their shepherding, and they will lead us and guide, and I'm telling you what, this church will make an impact like never before. You know, United States basically started right here. We all know we, we were in a very historic area with Williamsburg and Jamestown and Yorktown and all that has happened. Why couldn't revival start right here? Let's get more specific. Why couldn't it start right here? And you see, all of us writing those characteristics out. I'm doing it and I'm taking this to Kentucky. All of us writing these characteristics out. And, and then evaluating ourselves, being honest. God already knows. You can't fool him. He already knows. So evaluating ourselves, then really improving where we're weak. And, and where you're weak, somebody else may be strong. And where you're strong, somebody else may be weak. And so together in doing all of this, 
we are becoming a strong, strong congregation. And then you begin to tell your friends at work and school and other places about what you're doing. And they can go and they can share perhaps with their minister or the leadership at that church. And then that church can begin and on and on and on. And soon, truly, revival, spiritual revival will happen in Williamsburg. And it's going to drift west. It's going to hit Kentucky. And I'll say, well, I know where that started. Started right here. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. These traits, these characteristics are that powerful. And when we really make them a part of our lives and build our lives around them and just incorporate them on a daily basis so that it becomes our lifestyle, wow, God is going to do some amazing things. So what we're going to do today is look at the last three. And just because of the last three doesn't mean they're, they're least in importance at all. In fact, perhaps, and I don't know that you can can say one is more important than the other, but, but Paul does spend a little extended time on the last characteristic that, that I, I want us to do as well. So let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to look at these great traits for us all. Now, obviously, you men that are elders and will be elders, you need to, to, to really take, take note and, and, and listen and, and apply. But all of us, again, all of us, let's, let's, let's change our world. And let's start with ourselves and our own heart and then just let God do as he sees fit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the instruction, the encouragement, the strength, everything that it gives us, the, everything that we need. It truly is our, our spiritual GPS. And so we thank you, God, for the guidance of your word. And I just pray that we'll all take it to heart. Maybe we're not used to, to reading your word, but Father, today we will be convicted by, by you, Holy Spirit, and we will begin to read and, and study. And then tomorrow we'll do the same, and we'll become men and women of prayer as well, and on and on and on, and we'll grow and we'll develop these traits in our lives as you want them to be. And Father, you truly can begin revival right here. But it has to start in our hearts individually. So speak to us. I just ask that you would be the message of the messenger and that you would just challenge us and convict us, Holy Spirit, so that we can be all that you would have us to be. Go with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Titus chapter 1, we're going to start there at verse 8 and, and read verse 9 as well. I remember some of these I covered last week, and uh, so, so the first part of this you, you, we talked about last week. And then we'll jump right in. Verse 8 says, Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Now, the first trait I want to look at today is up there in verse 8, and that is the, the trait of being holy, the characteristic of being holy. Now, the Greek word here is the word hagias. Now, I didn't say hagendas. Don't I know we're all getting hungry. It's getting lunchtime. It's not the ice cream. <laughs> it is not the ice cream. It is, it is the word, one of the words for, for holy. It is the word hagias. And this word in the Greek, as you translate it, 
refers to that which is true to God's direction, purpose, and will. In other words, you that are elders and will be elders, you must always be seeking God's direction, purpose, and will for your life as well as for the church body. You guys are shepherds. You are the shepherds of the flock. And you need to be seeking God's direction and how he is leading you to lead the flock and, and what direction he would have you to, to lead the flock. But again, I want to include all of this and with all of us. Just think, if every single one of us we're seeking God, and I mean really seeking God's direction and his purpose and his will for our lives. And we seek by reading the word, by being in prayer. We seek by, by uh, sharing with God, pleading with God, show me God. And, and I'm convinced he will. And I really believe that as every one of us do that, this congregation, this body of believers is going to really become much more healthy spiritually. They're going to become a healthy congregation that you all will be a congregation that God applauds, that he's so happy with, so pleased with, because you're seeking him. You're seeking his purpose and direction and will in your life. And so again, it's not just for the elder. It's for all of us. Now, certainly it is for the elder. Without, without doubt. In fact, when things are not according to God's will in this church body, then the elders must come together and they must take a stand and they must always stand on scripture and they must make sure that whatever needs to be resolved is resolved so that God's will can be accomplished. And it is on scripture. It is not on some author's teaching. It is on biblical scripture. It is not on, on some whatever this other church is doing. It is based on scripture. And so if there's things that get out of counter, then, then elders, it is so important that you men come together as men of God, as shepherds of this flock, and you say, we have an issue that needs to be resolved, and we must resolve it according to the scriptures. And so I truly, truly encourage you to do that. But again, all of us resolving to, to seek God's purpose and direction and will in our lives. Oh my goodness, how he truly, truly will bless that. Now the next one is discipline. It says, and discipline, as it ends there uh, in, in verse 8. Disciplined in that he submits his life to God. Every elder, every one of you men need to be disciplined. Disciplined in several ways. Number one, that you are in the word every single day. I mean every day. You are in the word. And not just saying, well, Steve told him to be in the word, so I'm going to read for 30 minutes and I'm going to shut it up and be done. No. I'm talking about 
you are in the Word. Maybe you're going to do, hopefully you, especially you, will do these traits and, and write them out and evaluate your life. And those areas that you're a little weaker on, that you will say, okay, I, I am resolved to make sure that I'm stronger in this area. And so you're in the Word and you're studying and you're saying, okay, God, I'm weak in this area. Show me Scripture. And you're researching and finding Scripture that applies to that particular characteristic, that trait so that you can improve, so that you can grow spiritually, so that you can become a, a four or five in that particular area. And so I encourage you. In fact, I, I, if I could demand it, I would, that you be men that are in the Word, that you set the example for the flock by being godly men in the Word. And also in prayer, that you pray continuously, as Paul tells the church at Thessalonica, that you be men of prayer. Now, I tell you, I, I, I travel from time to time, and, and when I drive out here in a couple of weeks on, on a Monday morning, about 5 a.m., and head to Kentucky, I'm going to be praying a lot, uh, not only for safe arrival, but, but just for you and for the new ministry that I'm going to, continual prayer for my mom, and on and on and on. But, but in the vehicle is a great time to pray. Now, obviously, you can't close your eyes at that point, or you'll need prayer. But, but you, what you do is you, you simply, as you're driving down the road, turn down the radio and say, God, wow, let's just talk. And you be honest with him. He already knows. He already knows. So just be honest with him. You know, give him some, start with, with praising him and, and letting him know how much you love him. Give him that praise. But then those things that are concerning you, those things that are bothering you, whatever, it may be a, a crisis in your life. It may be a job loss. It may be... Um, Financial, it may be whatever, whatever it is, you just you just pour it out to him, and it may be hopefully part of this will be, Lord, I'm weak in this area, and I'm and I'm just praying that you'll help me, Holy Spirit, convict me and and show me and make me stronger in these areas, and become men and, and women of prayer. Now I tell you, sometimes, especially if you get down on 64, you got lots of time to pray. <laughs> there's there's always traffic jams on 64. Especially at certain times of the day. So, so you can have sometimes hours and hours in prayer if, if you're at a certain location at a bad time. So, so make opportunity, take opportunity to, to pray about these things and to be disciplined. Certainly, another discipline is to look at, at being holy and pray about that. Seek to be holy as God is holy and strive to be what he would have you to be. You see, the elder lives a godly, holy life on the outside. But it has to be just as important, must be, must be just as much lived on the inside. Because if it's not lived on the, out, in the inside, the outside is going to be pretty phony and, and that will come out in time. An elder who does not discipline his life and submit to the Lord, allowing God to cleanse him on a regular basis will not be in spiritual condition to lead. If he acts good only when others are looking, he is doing just that, acting, acting. And uh, there's enough actors in Hollywood. We don't need to do any more acting. We need to be so real. Now, that's not to say you men are perfect, and I'm not trying to scare you by the way. Oh, goodness, there's no way I can fulfill that office. Yes, you can because the Holy Spirit is going to enable you. You have been nominated uh, by someone in this congregation to be an elder, 
So you certainly uh, are, are looked at by, by many probably as very capable leaders. And so I just encourage you to, to take this challenge and to, to take it to heart and to, to really live it out loud and to, to be all that God wants you to be so that you can live that disciplined life. And then the last one is he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message. Now this, this phrase, hold firmly, in the Greek, it's kind of interesting. It means to strongly cling to or adhere to. In fact, today, to put it in our terms, it would be like super glue. He must super glue. He must super glue the, the, the scripture to his heart, to his life. He must super glue. He must adhere so much to the truth, to the doctrinal truth of God's word. And I, I have to say that we are living in a day and age, and, and Paul prophesied this. He said there would come a time when people just want to hear what their itching ears want to hear. And we're in, and there's churches that'll tell you that. There are churches that'll tell you, oh, everything is fine, and we're all going to heaven, and just do whatever you want. It's okay. God is a forgiving God. Don't worry about it. It's all covered. Well, man, I'd go to that church if it were true. But let's get real. God is a loving God, and he is a God of forgiveness. And I would never, ever short sell how awesome he is and how incredible his forgiveness and all of that is. But he is also a God of justice. He is a God who has uh, the other side, so to speak. He is a God who says what he means and he means what he says. And we must take him at his word. And we must apply it. Now if I could just preach what I wanted to preach every week, I'd preach love every week. And I'd preach, you know, we're all going to heaven and everything is fine. But that's not all that it is said. And so we must make sure that we are doctrinally true to God's word. We can't get caught up in, in different authors and that sort of thing. We must stick with God's word. I never will forget, and I've shared this with you all before, but I had a professor at Johnson Bible College that, that was one of my preaching professors, and we were talking one day about study and how to study and all this kind of stuff, how to prepare for sermons, and, and I never forget what he said. He said, fellas, I want to tell you something. The Bible's a pretty good commentary for them commentaries. And that's true. Think about that. That's very, very true. There's nothing like the real thing. There's nothing like the Word and making it a part of our life. And so I just encourage you to make sure that, that you are, are, are completely devoted to sticking to the biblical doctrine, that it would be a, a trustworthy message, that it would be God's Word. In fact, that trustworthy message is exactly that. It is God's word. And elders, you need to have the attitude that this, God's word, the trustworthy message, is the most important, most trustworthy message in all of life. 
When all else is held up to it, whatever is not true does not need to be a part of my life. When all else, you hold this as the standard, the guide, when everything is, is up here with it, then you're fine. But if anything falls below the standard, then it's just something, you know, I, I, I don't need that in my life. I don't need that in my life. Now that goes for all of us. So once again, this applies for all of us as believers, as Christians, that all of us would strive to be true to God's word. Now recently I was visiting with a, a family um, sharing the gospel message with them. And they've been attending for a while. And, um, of course, they know that I'm, I'm moving to Kentucky. And, and uh, one of them said to me, well, Steve, what about the new preacher? Who are they getting? And I said, well, I don't have a clue. Only God knows at this point. I know they're, they're the search committee is formed and I found out today that resumes are beginning to come in, which I'm thankful. Um, they said, well, how will I know I'm being taught the truth? I said, that's an excellent question. I said, there's two ways. Number one, you'd get in the Word. You, you, you get in the Word, and I know you're new at all of this, but get in the Word and read and study and, and try to find for yourself. And every time you see See something that will apply to your life, apply it. Not saying you're going to fully understand it, first reading, absolutely not. But, but do your best and, and pray and ask God to help you to understand it and to live it out loud. But I said, secondly, go to the elders. You go to them once a month or every couple of months and ask them, is this guy preaching the truth? I, you know, I'm new at this and I, I, I want to know the truth. And, and hold them accountable. That's part of, of their responsibility is to make sure whoever is here preaching on any given Sunday, that's just part of their responsibility. But, but they need to hold that man accountable. And I hope and pray, and I know with all my heart that, that you elders will do that. And, and I told her, I said, I don't think that that is a, an issue that you're going to have to worry about because I really believe these men will do that. But, but go to them. Go to them on a regular basis. Or if you hear something that, that doesn't seem right, go to them and ask them. Or go to the minister and ask him to explain what he meant. And, and have him sit down with you and explain it. But it's so important that we hold firmly to the trustworthy message. I really like what John MacArthur wrote about uh, the elder's uh, trait here, this particular trait. He said... An elder's spiritual leadership in the church is not built on his natural abilities, his education, his common sense, or his human wisdom. It is built on his knowledge and understanding of Scripture, his holding fast the faithful word, and on his submission to the Holy Spirit, applying the truths of that word in his heart and life. He goes on, a man who is not himself holding fast to God's faithful word and committed to live, to live it is not prepared to preach it or teach it. The truth of the word must be woven into the very fabric of his thinking and living. And all I can say to that is a hearty amen. I firmly agree with what John MacArthur says here. That is so true. 
And men, yes, it's an awesome responsibility. But don't ever underestimate God's awesomeness. And he will give you everything you need to be the shepherd that he wants you to be. But that doesn't just mean to say, okay, God, they appointed me an elder at that meeting the other night. So here we go. No, 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 no. You do your part. And you continue to do your part. But again, every single one of us as believers, every single one of us as Christians, every single one of us as children of God, do our part to make God's word a message that is trustworthy and true in our lives. To make God's word our, as I referred to in a prayer a moment ago, uh, our spiritual GPS to be that guidance system that we so much need. Now, I want to go back to the ninth verse for just a minute. I want to point out a couple of things real quick before we close. Verse 9 says, He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that, notice what we have here, he can encourage others by sound doctrine. God's word can be one of the most encouraging words in all of life. When I get down and discouraged and, and I honestly, I cry every day. I'll cry halfway to Kentucky. I'm looking forward to, to being right there with mom and everything, but I'm going to miss y'all. You're family. And um, I'm working on my final sermon. And um, the, the title is going to be, uh, I don't say goodbye, I say see you later. <laughs> it's not goodbye, it's see you later. But I'm going to miss, and, and I cry, and, and I, I, when I get kind of discouraged for, for, for that time, I, I go different places to, to be encouraged by God's word. I go to the Psalms a lot because David went, had so many roller coaster of emotions that he went through good and bad and, and high and low and on and on. And, and he just writes about all of those. He has a psalm for almost all those situations. And so I can always find something that applies to my life. And, and so I just want to encourage you to be encouraged by the word of God to be encouraged by the trustworthy message, to be encouraged and to encourage the next minister that comes along. Steve is going to be gone, and I want you to give that next man your full support. I want you to, to give him all the love that you have given me. I want you to encourage him and be encouraged by him, and I'm sure he will do that. And he, hopefully, and I'm sure he will, teach and preach things that are doctrinally sound that will encourage you just as I have tried to do these seven plus years. And so I, I want you to, to find encouragement from God's word. There's so much there. But I also need to read the rest of this so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. If you're channel surfing and you come across uh, one of these TV evangelists 
Uh, they're on all the time and stuff, different channels. And, and you hear a great message of God, then sit there and listen to it and be fed by it and endorse it. But if they start coming across stuff that is not true to God's word, I encourage you to flip the channel. I really do. To, to, to this, that's your way of refuting. <laughs> I'm not, I'm poop. You're out of here. That's your way of refuting. Or if you hear it within the church body, go to the elders and say, guys, you know, this, this is what's being taught. This is what I'm hearing. That's why we want our elders to oversee our small groups. We want uh, all of this to happen. And John is, is our overseer of, of our small groups. And, and I, I, you know, he's got an awesome responsibility in that. And, and I just encourage all of you, if you hear something, let him know. Uh, I don't, hopefully that won't happen, but if it does, let him know. So that it can be refuted, so that it can be reconciled, so that it can be taken care of before it becomes something that is blown really, really bad out of proportion. And so I just want you to support the elders of Williamsburg Christian Church. I want you to pray for them. I want you to encourage them. I want you to to uh, strive along with them to develop all of these characteristics and traits. And remember, again, if you'll just take the time to go back to verses 6 through 9 of, of Titus chapter 1 and, and just write these down, write each of these out, and, and then scale 1 to 5 where you're at. And I, I'm going to encourage, if I can demand the elders to do it, I, I can't make demands on them, but I, I strongly encourage them to do the same. And together, as a body of believers, we will watch God strengthen. We will watch God work. And we certainly will remain doctrinally sound. And we will hold to the truths of God's word. That question that was asked to me a few weeks ago won't even have to be asked. Because all of that is going to be taken care of. But not only that, all of these other traits are going to be developing in each and every one of us. And we're going to be growing. And we're going to be what God would have us to be. So that brings us to this moment. Invitation time. And we do this every week. Because I don't know what God is laying on your heart. Only you do. I don't know how God is working in your life. Only you know. But I will say this. If there is somebody here this morning that is outside of Christ. That needs to make Jesus Lord and Savior. I encourage you to come down this very aisle. To have your sins washed away as you are immersed into him for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. To, to walk with him from that time on and to live and you're going to have a church body, a church family that is going to help you to grow in him. Or maybe you've been a believer for a long time, but you already realize that some of these traits are, well, you're a one. Let's just get cut to the chase. You're a one and you're not where you need to be. And you just want to rededicate your life. You just want to come forward and say, you know what? I am a believer. I am a Christian. I am a child of God. But I, I, need, to, I, need, to, I need your prayers. And we will. We'll pray for you. We'll support you. We'll encourage you. Or maybe already an immersed believer, you just want to be a part of the family here at WCC. Well, we need you. You need us. And together, we can become what God would have us to be. So there are choices to make this morning. 
I hope all of us, even if you don't come down this aisle, I hope every single one of us, I'm doing this. I want you to know I'm doing this. Well, take these traits and write them out and really do some evaluation. Be very honest. If you start off with all ones, that's okay. <laughs> it just shows you've got some work to do. And I don't know who better to help you than God, the Holy Spirit, and Christ, the Son. And they're right there. They want you to be all you can be. So it comes down to choice.